I want to speak today about a very close event. Matter of fact, two close events, but how many know that this Bible is a very prophetic book? There are prophecies that have been fulfilled all the way through. We have prophecies about Jesus' birth. We have prophecies about the death of Jesus. We have prophecies about his resurrection. And all these prophecies have come true, but I believe I want to talk to you about the next two prophetic events on God's calendar. How many know God has a calendar? And on his calendar, there are some events that are going to take place very close. And uh, the two events I want to talk about are the rapture or the tribulation. And you got to pick which one you take. Whether you go in the rapture or you stay for the tribulation, I believe is really up to you. And these true two events are very close to happening. And one could happen at any moment, and the other begins immediately after the first occurs. Somebody asked me, why would you preach this kind of a message? I believe that people today have given in to false doctrine when they do not know the truth of God's word. And I know that one of these events will cause great joy, and the other events causes excessive suffering. And I will say it very clearly today. You do not want to be here when the hammer comes down. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 4 again. Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. Following their own sinful desires, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, All things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Now that word scoffer really there means a false teacher who mocks the coming of the Lord. And I know that I get around preachers and I get a little nervous when they make fun of the coming of the Lord because I do not respect people that do not believe in the coming of the Lord. That's just how, because I see it so clearly in the word of God. They'll say, well, where is his coming? We've heard that our whole life. He's never coming back. And there are many people that are scoffing at the very event that could save them from the wrath to come. I saw somebody post recently uh, uh, something about uh, this. They said, you know, why the world is so beautiful, why would we give it up for seven years to go to be with Jesus? And they were making fun of the coming of the Lord. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what world you're living in. But I think that we need to remember there's still something going on in Ukraine, still something going on in the Middle East, still something going on with Russia. China's, you know, flexing their muscles. Iran flexes there. And they they said, we live in a beautiful world. You might have a beautiful home, you might have a beautiful car, a beautiful house, but I'm going to tell you, heaven is still far better. They said, we did not make this world with anticipation to leave. We have made it so nice. Why would we abandon it for seven years? The problem people have is some interpret the Bible by saying things like this. The Bible doesn't really mean that here. When you talk to people and they say, the Bible doesn't really mean that here, then you need to run. That is the beginning of trouble, and the message of an any moment coming was taught by the writers of the New Testament. And the early church fathers uh, uh, reinforced that, and the reformers taught and expected an any moment coming of the Lord. We find that Luther said, let us not think his coming is far off. Calvin said, we look with expectation the arrival of Christ. Knox said, the Lord Jesus Christ shall return with expedition or speed. And Latimer said, the last days cannot be far off. So we find that the Lutherans believed in the coming of the Lord, the Baptists believed in the coming of the Lord, the Presbyterians believed in the coming of the Lord, and the Anglicans believed in the coming of the Lord, and this Pentecostal right here still believes in the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming very soon. See, some people get unhappy with this message. You know, they say, man, I lived in fear of missing the rapture. I lived in, well, I did too because I wasn't right with God. But if you're right with God, as soon as I got right with God, I had no more fear of missing the coming of the Lord. But when I was a boy, I did crazy things and I deserved to go to hell. 
I deserve to miss the rapture, but when I got my heart right with God, that fear left, but I still have. Uh, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That really doesn't mean I walk around biting my fingernails uh, about things. I have a respect for God. I revere the Lord, and I, I, I understand the word, and because of it, I respect uh, uh, that he is coming soon, so I live my life that way. To the unbeliever, it causes fear and sometimes anger, but prophecy produces hope and peace in the believer. To me, the message I'm preaching today is the message of hope. To me, this is a message of promise. The rapture is called the blessed hope. The Bible says it like this, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. When it says looking, that means we have expectation. We are believing for it to happen. When you live with expectation, you, un- you deny ungodly lust. You live soberly. You live righteously. You live godly. That's what it says to help you be ready for the coming of the Lord and the uh, appearing of the great God. How many know we have a great God that's coming? None compares to our God. There's a lot of gods. Some religions have many, many gods, but I'm going to tell you, no God compares to our God, the great God. Some are great, but he is the greatest. Some are mighty, but he is the almighty. Some are big, but he is bigger. Some are strong, but he is stronger. How many thank God for the almighty right now? Lift up your hand and just say, I thank you, Jesus. Now, the Bible is very clear that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence is things not seen. We said the coming of the Lord was called the blessed hope. The rapture of the church would be called the blessed hope. Looking for that blessed hope. Then we, I want to connect the verse. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And when I say it like that, the coming of the Lord called the blessed hope. Faith is what pleases God. Some people say it really doesn't matter what I believe. Is that true? I don't, I, I, I'm just asking you. I'm not going to answer that question for you. I want to leave it out there. Will those who don't believe in the catching away of the church, the rapture, be participants in the rapture? I do not know the answer and tend to answer that, but in the Bible you hear that you hear the word of God, then you believe the word of God, you act on the word that you've heard, and then you receive. I don't believe. Enoch was raptured. We have a man by the name of Enoch that we know that he, the Bible said he walked with God and then was not for God took him. Genesis 5.24. In Hebrews 11 verse 5 and 6, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. He walked with God and God took him. By faith, Enoch was taken up. By faith. I'm just throwing this out. You can take this part or leave it. I, I don't have, this is not a doctrine. This is just something I'm thinking about. I want to believe more. I don't want to believe less. I see all the things happening in the world, and I, when I think about the coming Lord, it brings me peace. I comfort myself with that, all right? Jude 1, verse 14, and it was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, he's the seventh from Adam. He's an old timer. He said, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones, with 10,000 of his saints. Now, you find that some people think, well, we go completely through the tribulation all seven years. We don't go we, until Jesus comes the, uh, uh, for the second coming. We don't do anything. But how can we come back with him if we never went with him? 
I know absent from the body is present with the Lord, but you, I'm going to tell you, when that trumpet sounds and the shout goes up, the dead in Christ rise first, the dead bodies are, are, are caught up to meet Jesus, and we which are alive are caught up to meet Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, at that moment, we get a glorified body. Our old broken down bodies are fixed right there. Our old broken down pains are gone. Are you understanding me? The things that have hindered us have changed. Everything changes in a moment. So for those who think we'll have to be here the whole seven-year tribulation, to come back with Christ, you would have to be caught up with him first. The saints must first be caught up to heaven before they can come back with Christ from heaven. Luke 21, 36, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. I hear some people complain. They say, we don't like preachers like you. You're an escapist. I said, well, I'm in good company. Jesus was an escapist. He said, pray that you may escape. He used the word. You can escape the terrible events that are going to come. And the way of escape is the rapture. The day of the rapture will be rejoicing for some. And it will be a day of sorrows for others. When that rapture takes place, immediately the tribulation takes place. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We are to encourage. The King James says comfort. That word comfort means console and encourage. I know that many of us have had loved ones going on that love the Lord Jesus. They have been put in the ground. They, their, their spirit is with the Lord. But one day, those bodies are coming up out of the grave. I'm going to tell you something. It, it, it comforts me to know that I'm going to be reunited with them. I'm going to be with them again. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stick around and, and be left behind. I know that time is short, very short, and there is no way to avoid what's coming, but I can comfort myself knowing I'm going to be with Jesus. Immediately after the rapture, the book of Revelation reveals to us what is coming for those left behind. See, I believe immediately after the rapture, you're going to find that what happens is the tribulation begins. Now, we find that the Bible says in Revelation that disasters will begin to happen and continue for seven years, unlike anything the records have had in human history. There'll be confusion. It will begin. Why are so many missing? Millions are missing. And I'm sure they're going to have some, you know, UFO. and Somebody might remember their preacher. But they're going to say they're a nutcase. Somebody's going to say it was the Republicans that did it. The Democrats did it. They're going to blame somebody. We all blame somebody. But then I think about graveyards. Every dead body that anybody had faith in Christ, those graves are going to open up. Now, I'm in Connecticut preaching years ago, and I used to stay in a hotel that overlooked a graveyard. It's kind of a dead place. But I'd go out there and walk. Traffic was, we were right on the highway, and traffic was horrible. So you couldn't walk. You know, and I found that if I walk and pray, I stay awake. If I kneel and pray, I fall asleep. All right. Now, it's funny how I could kneel and eat a foot-long cheese coney and not fall asleep. But somehow you pray, you're going to fall asleep. So I walk, and I'd walk in the graveyard. Not, I wasn't talking to dead bodies. It was just a place not to get run over. But I'd be out there, and there'd be... Hundreds, and it seemed to go on forever and ever. There were grave markers all over the place, monuments. And my mind begins to think, all over America and around the world, dead bodies are going to come up out of the grave. How are they going to explain that? There's going to be chaos. I don't know how they're going to talk about that. I don't know, I don't know what they're going to say. I, I don't know. It'd make a good movie for this month. But I believe what will happen, the tribulation 
is really a natural consequence of the rapture. It's not something that is really have to be worked up, but it is a natural consequence of the rapture. The moment after the rapture, with all believers completely removed, every trace of spiritual and moral restraint is withdrawn. So what begins to happen? As soon as the church is gone, as soon as every believer is gone, I'm telling you, everybody just starts doing whatever they want. Are you understanding me? Now, my wife used to be part of a group when my girls were in school. It was called uh, Moms in Touch. Moms in Touch, they would get together and pray for the public school. And they, they had hundreds of ladies that would pray for the public school. All right, they'd get together and pray. Well, the principal would call our house sometimes and say, now, Lori, we're wanting to make a decision at school. What happens if we make this? How's Moms in Touch group going to be? Because they were the restrainer. Are you understanding? They were the thing that were keep, you know, because he didn't want to upset the ladies that knew how to pray because he knew all hell would come down on him. Literally. So what happens? We got people doing all kinds of crazy stuff right now. But when every ounce of moral goodness and every ounce of light uh, uh, that is in your neighborhood and in your city goes, I'm going to tell you there's not a politician that isn't going to do what's in their hearts. Are you listening to me? When the dam breaks, when Jesus comes back and the dam breaks, the world will become immersed with evil and flooded by sin. Matthew 24, verse 21 and 22. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. For the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. There will be great tribulation. The word tribulation there in the Greek is a word uh, really, philipses. It's a term that designates the giant weight that if we were going to crush flour with a big rock, that is the weight that is used would be the word tribulation. So the idea behind tribulation is utterly crushing, pulverizing, grinding a substance into powder. So we're going to find the tribulation will be a time of terror and trouble. It'll be a time of crushing, pulverizing, grinding. Are you understanding me? There's not one word in this Bible that uh, says anything good about the tribulation. There's not one word good about the tribulation. It's described as the day of the Lord's anger. It's described as the wrath that is to come. It's described as the time of trouble, the hour of trial, the, the hour of his judgment, devastation and desolation, darkness and gloom, gloominess. It's described as a time of great wars, hail and fire mixed with blood coming out of the sky. I don't know what kind of hail you have in Elizabeth City. Sometimes we've had dime, nickel size, quarter size. Every now and then I've heard of softball size hail. But in the tribulation, they talk about a hailstone. One hailstone weighs the size of a Jewish talent, 125 pounds. That's the tribulation. Intense famine. Rivers and seas polluted so bad that it will kill the fish and destroy any water supply. Basically poison the water. The sun will be so hot during the tribulation that it will scorch the earth. And I think a third of the grass and the trees are burned up. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to tell you, it will scorch the people there that they will be wishing they could get a little relief. It will be real global warming. We're going to have earthquakes like the world has never seen during the tribulation. Scorpion-like creatures is one of the plagues listed in the book of Revelation. Scorpion-like creatures that when they bite you, the bite and the pain of it will be excruciating. But it won't be just for a little bit. It will be a five-month pain. 
Some describe these as hideous demonic creatures that cause so much pain people wish they could die. During the tribulation and part of it, a fourth of the earth's population will be killed, then another third, and I believe there'll be nuclear war and we will see murders on a level never seen before. People just slaying each other like a video game. The Antichrist will rule and he is a terrifying person. I believe when you read about the Antichrist... The Bible said there are many antichrists, but when the antichrist comes, he will be the epitome of evil, the ultimate negation of everything that is good. We know that the antichrist is openly an enemy and a despiser of God, and at the same time, when we talk about the antichrist, we got to remember that he is a satanic creature, and he is not equal to God. God is greater. And during the tribulation, we've seen a little bit of this. Back when Corona started, we began to have shortages. And we could see that when we run out of toilet paper and Lysol, well, the world went crazy. But because of the shortages and the things that you will be forced to take the mark of the beast in order to buy or sell a mark on your hand or your forehead. And if you do not take it, you'll be unable to uh, work in business. You'll be able to, unable to buy or sell. And if you take the mark, I'm going to tell you, you will be eternally lost. So I'm telling you, do not take the mark. If you miss the rapture, do not take the mark. But if you do not take the mark, you will probably be killed or martyred for your faith. See, the tribulation is a time of blistering judgment and withering destruction as God pours out His judgment on rebellious humanity. Listen to what the overall purpose of the tribulation is. It's to execute God's wrath upon those that oppose Him. Romans 1.18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. I got thinking about this the other day. Some people say, we're going to go through half the tribulation. We're going through all the tribulation. If that be the case, take me now. I'd rather die. See, that's not how it works. We're gonna, we're gonna, those that are alive are caught up to meet Jesus in the air. I'm just throwing some things out. Just throwing some things out. The time that we talk about the tribulation will be unexplainable. Except a lot of people will give their theories. What about the millions that are gone? What about the children? You think about that. Every child under the age of accountability will be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. You say, what does that mean? You might not serve God, sir. Ma'am, you might not serve God, but your children, if they're under the age of accountability, they'll go up to meet with Jesus without you. And what is the age of accountability? We don't talk about that in church very much anymore. That's kind of old school, but I'm the dinosaur. I should be extinct, but I'm not. The age of accountability, really, you think about this. That's why, we don't, that's why we don't baptize little children. You can do whatever you want, but we don't because we think you need to be at the age of accountability. When you understand the cross, when you understand what God did for you, when you understand the difference between right and wrong, you understand what sin is and the cure for sin is the blood of Jesus. When you can understand that, then you're at the age of accountability. Some people say, what is that age? I don't know. Is it 12? Is it 10? Is it 7? I don't know. I always say with me it was 19. <laughs> I was messed up. I, I'm going to tell you, I had some thoughts. I don't know where they came from. And I was in church. But when I got saved, all of a sudden, my mind began to get renewed with the Word of God and things changed. Amen. That was a joke, but it's true. I don't know what the age is. But I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be millions of children populate heaven. And the devil, he's been laughing for years about abortion. I'm going to tell you, every one of those aborted children is in heaven. Every miscarriage that he's caused, in heaven. 
These are some good words right here. All right, I'm, I'm going to go on. The rapture, let's talk about it. In Matthew 24, 40, two men will be in the field. One will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming or what hour your Lord is coming. You think about throughout the Bible, you got two men working, two women grinding at the mill, one taken, one left behind, two sleeping, one taken, one left behind. You got ten bridesmaids, five taken, five left behind. Why do I preach a message? I just feel like about half the church is going to miss the rapture. How many people in this town call this their church and they're not here today? Not because they're just missing, I got to work. Some people are just unfaithful. Let's just use that word. All right, man, I didn't mean to go there. But some will be asleep. When he comes, when that shout goes up and the trumpet blows and Jesus comes, some will be asleep. Think about it. They'll wake up and go, what happened? Where, where is everybody? Where is everybody? I went to sleep with my husband. He's gone. More likely, he stayed. You go. You're gone. <laughs> I was working with a guy. He's gone. I remember 9-11. 9-11, I was, at, I was in Nebraska preaching, and the pastor took me out fishing that morning. We went fishing, and I didn't even know anything happened until 3 o'clock mountain time. We didn't have a cell phone that was working out where we were at, and it was a big one anyway. Didn't have a cell phone that worked, but my wife watched in on the news as the planes hit the building. Some are going to be eyewitness. Some are going to hear about it later. But I'm going to tell you, there'll be millions banished into thin air. First Thessalonians 1.10, very quickly. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Listen to me today. You can have the rapture, or you can have the tribulation. You pick. The ten bridesmaids we talk about, five were foolish, five were wise. They were all waiting for the bridegroom. Foolish, they missed the rapture. The wise are ready for the rapture. The bridegroom delayed. But they got drowsy. They were sleeping. And at midnight, there was a cry. And when they woke up, their lamps had gone out. The foolish, their lamps had gone out. And and, and they went out to buy more. And while they were out, they came back and the door was shut. Today, the door is open. I don't know about tomorrow. Right now, the door is open. I don't know about the near future. I don't know about this afternoon. But now, the door is open. Who will miss the rapture really quick? Who's going to miss the rapture? I say the full-out sinner. The full-out sinner will miss the rapture. Who is that? Those are the people that, I hate the church. All they want in that church is my money. I wouldn't go there. Those people are a bunch of hypocrites. They boldly brag and they shake their fist in the face of God. That's the all-out sinner. They're probably not here today. I watched a, uh, 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 some ladies protesting. I don't know if they're ladies. They were wearing body parts on their head. I don't know how, what ladies do that. They were women, but they don't even know what they are. They were protesting. They were cursing. Just cursing everybody. Mad. Anger. Ugly. And a man said, I don't think this is the best way to deal with people like this. He said, you know you're going to hell. I saw this on the video. I'm like, you know, that's not how you win friends and influence people. You you understand what I'm saying? That's like when your husband wakes up all mean and grouchy, you say, you're going to be grouchy all day. That doesn't make him any nicer. That makes him worse. Are you getting that? So some people, you know, they're already cussing God and everything. Probably telling them they're going to hell is not going to get them to heaven any faster. 
I don't know what the answer is, but that, it wasn't working that day. That lady said, I know I'm going to hell and all my friends are going with me. Those kind of people are going to miss the rapture. But the truth is, a person like that doesn't have much of a revelation about hell. Because I'm going to tell you, hell is even worse than the tribulation I talked about. Not only if you miss the rapture, you go through the tribulation, but if you don't get saved during the tribulation, you will go to hell. And if you can't live on the earth for the Lord Jesus now, it is going to be very difficult to live for Jesus during the tribulation. It's possible. There's 144,000 Jewish evangelists going to be preaching the gospel during the uh, tribulation. There's going to be two witnesses that are going to be preaching the gospel. I'm going to tell you, if you're listening to this sermon after the rapture and it's still on YouTube, I'm telling you, don't take the mark and listen to the 144,000 preachers, but don't trust very many people. Who else will miss the rapture? Self-righteous people. These are nice people. They could be here at church today. We like them. They're our friends. We like doing business with them. We like talking to them. They think, but they think the gospel is for somebody else. You ever talk to people like that? The gospel, they, they, it, you know, I don't really serve the Lord, but I, 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 don't, I love the Lord, but I think the gospel's really for somebody else. The pervert, the whore, the wife abuser, the blasphemer. That's who needs the gospel. I say it like this today. Nobody's so bad they cannot be saved. But nobody is so good they don't need to be saved. I don't care who you are today. You need to have an up-to-date relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Who else will miss the rapture? The procrastinator. Well, I intend to be ready. I'm, I'm going to try to be ready. You know, I know one day after I have my big deal, after I do this, after this vacation... Next year at Breaking Barriers. Just not today. There are people here just like that today. We had many people come to the altar this morning, but there were procrastinators that walked out that door and walked right by me in the foyer. Someday. See, what happens to a procrastinator? Oh, I'll go home and pray. That's the devil's lie to get you out of this atmosphere of freedom. See, today, somebody's trying to put it off another day. God's reaching out to you. That's his mercy reaching out to you. Who else will miss the rapture? Lost church members. They have a religion, but they don't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They're counting on their offering or their church attendance to make them ready. But I'm going to ask you this question today. Do you know Jesus? That's important. Who else is going to miss the rapture? Those that have never heard the gospel. That's why I am compelled to preach. I must preach. People need to hear the gospel. You say, oh, how can this be fair? How can someone who has never heard be condemned? They may not have enough light to get them saved, but they have enough sin to condemn themselves. Some of you right now are getting hung up on that point. But the truth is, everybody listening to me today, you have enough gospel to be ready for the rapture. But if you refuse the gospel knowingly, I would not want to be any of you. Two things this message is for today is to provoke you to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Number one. The second thing I want to provoke you today is this, to be sure to take as many people with you as you can. You realize people save all their life. They keep their money they buy their stuff, they got all their stuff, and then when they leave, they all leave in a box that looks the same. You can't stuff all your stuff in your box. You can't stick all your stuff there. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Everybody stand with me. Today, I want to provoke as many people as I can to be ready for the coming of the Lord. To make sure as many people as you can, you influence them by word or deed, and you get them as ready as you can for the coming of the Lord. That's what I want to do. But I want to ask you a question. 
And I've said it here many, many times. Are you ready? Should Jesus come back? But I'm going to ask you something else with that. Are you ready? Should Jesus come back? If that trumpet were to sound, the shout were to go up. It's the next prophetic event on God's calendar. It could happen at any moment. There's more prophecies for this rapture than his birth. We all sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. But we don't sing, he's coming soon. Hmm. All of you here, most of you heard me tell my story about being in Haiti during the earthquake. I'm going to make it really short. 300,000 people died when I'm there in Port-au-Prince, the day of the earthquake. I'm alive. I'm going to tell you, I saw things that haunt me. I saw dead bodies. I saw people smashed. I heard people screaming under rubble, and I had no way to help because I didn't have a shovel, a hammer, a crowbar. I didn't have a front loader. I didn't have a bulldozer. So I saw things that they're still in my mind. The only thing that helps me with that is it took 35 seconds for that earthquake. 35 seconds. But what I'm talking about, the next event on God's prophetic calendar, the rapture, the Bible said he comes in the twinkling of an eye. Not 35 seconds, not 3.5 seconds, but faster than you can snap your fingers or blink your eye. In 35 seconds, I pray that some of those people called on the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what consoles me. That's what gives me a little bit of peace for what I've seen in my mind, in my eye. Are you understanding that? But when Jesus comes back, you don't have 35 seconds. You got to be prepared in advance, ready in advance. And the Bible said he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming for people without sin in their life, that their sins have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And they don't have disobedience. You've got to be clean. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around, please. I'm going to ask a little backwards today, so pay really close attention to me. I'm not asking what you did in the past or what you plan to do in the future. I'm talking about right now because I believe His coming is so near. You need to be ready all the time. How many would say, Preacher, I'm not 98 or 99% sure. You know, if you're only 98 or 99% sure, I say you're 100% lost. The Bible says you can know you have eternal life. Luke 10 says you can know your name is written in heaven. Romans 8 says you can know you're a child of God. I believe you can know you're ready for the coming of the Lord, for the rapture. I believe you can know that today. How many in this building would say, Preacher, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm 100% sure. I'm asking a little backwards, so pay attention. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. This is between me, you, and God, no one else. But you say, Preacher, I'm 100% sure if that trumpet were to sound, the shout were to go up, and Jesus came back, I'd be caught up to meet him in the air. I'm ready. I'm ready, 100% sure. If that's you, would you lift up your hand and leave it up? If you're not sure, don't raise your hand. But if you're sure, leave it up for just a moment. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. All right, you can put your hands down. Now listen, I believe what I saw, God already knows. He knows those that are His. He knows His children. But there were people in every section, many of you raised your hand. But there were people in every section that did not raise their hand for whatever reason. Maybe you've got sin in your life. Maybe you've got disobedience. Or you're just not sure. I'm going to ask you to get some guts and some courage. You say, man, I, I don't really want to do what you're asking. Listen, do you want to be left behind? I don't think so. He said, if you confess me before men I'll confess you before my father which is in heaven you deny me I will deny you but he said he that comes to me I will in no wise cast out there were people in every section that could not raise their hand but you say preacher I couldn't raise my hand I'm not 100% sure I'm ready for the rapture for the coming of the Lord 
But I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning today. God's speaking to my heart. That's the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart right now. If that's you, would you join me right here in the front? Step out of your seat, sir. Step out of your seat, ma'am. Would you come right now? If you're in the middle of the aisle, come on. Somebody will let you out. They want you to be ready. I, I want you to come right now. Come on. Quickly come. Quickly come. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Come on, there's people all over this building that need to come. You're not alone. If you'll come, there'll be somebody else come with you. Come on, there's some people over here on the side. There's some people in the back. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not asking what you did as a child. With the ten bridesmaids, they all looked like they were ready, but when time came, they weren't ready. Some of you are not ready today. There's still some other people that need to get here. I'm waiting on you. God, it is your choice today. It's whosoever will. There's some young people that need to come. Come on, you say, I, I didn't even understand everything you said. Well, you know you're not where you should be with God. Get down here right now. Come on, I'm going to pray with you if you'll come. What I'm asking you to do, this preacher did many, many years ago. It's nothing to be ashamed of. There's going to be rejoicing in heaven when you come to this altar. And when there's rejoicing in heaven, that will be done on earth as there is in heaven. There's going to be rejoicing on this earth. Is there anybody else that would come? I'm waiting just a little bit. Thank you for coming. Thank you for getting the courage to come. Come on, maybe you're standing beside somebody that you brought to church. Would you ask them if you want to? You feel led to. We, I used to have grandmas come up to me and say, Doug, are you ready? And I'd say, yes. And they'd say, you're lying. And I'd say, yeah, I am. And they'd help me come to the altar. I'm thankful. Somebody, maybe you're standing beside somebody. Ask them. Tell them you'll go with them if they want to come to the altar. You can ask somebody. It's okay. Are you ready for the coming Lord? Is there anybody else that would come? I'm waiting about 30 seconds here. Come on. on, on Online today. If you're watching, you need to make a comment right now. We'll pray with you. We want you to know you're ready for the coming Lord. Is there anybody else that would come? Come on. I'm down to about 20 seconds. Come on. Some of you need to be interceding. I, don't, I see people just kind of looking around like, hurry up, preacher. You forget salvation is great. You forget that the tribulation is horrible. You need to remember about the goodness of God. Come on, we're down to 15 seconds. Some of you, help me pray. Every time a preacher gets in this pulpit and gives an invitation, you ought to help the preacher by praying. Is there others that would come? I'm down to 10 seconds. Lord, have mercy in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's a son here that needs to come. There's a dad here that needs to come. Come on, you're not, I, I'm going to tell you something you don't want to miss. You say, I'm going to go home. Don't procrastinate. Don't put it off. My dad taught me always do the hard thing first. Somebody do the hard thing today, and it'll be easier from here on out. Come on. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Someone else today, someone else. We've still got people coming. Come on, we're waiting just a little bit longer. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you you go home and pray. That's his lie to get you out of this atmosphere of freedom. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want somebody to help me pray behind every person that's here. Come on. Maybe it's a friend of yours or just you're part of the prayer team. Come on, get over here. You're going to help me pray with somebody in a moment. Somebody else needs a fresh start. Get out of your seat. Come on. I'm not asking you to join the church, know how to pray. I'm not asking you to shake my hand. I'm not asking what you did in the past. I'm telling you, you come to this altar, God will do something great in your heart and in your life. Now I want everybody in this building to, if you're physically able, can you lift up both hands in this place? It's a sign of surrender to God. You're just saying, I give my life to you. Come on. Everybody lift up your hands if you're physically able. At least stick one up in the air. Come on, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Now I want you to pray this with me. Everybody pray this out loud. If you're watching, pray it with me right here. Come on. Everybody pray this out loud, but believe it in your heart. Say this with me now. Dear God in heaven, I know that Jesus is coming very soon. I want to be ready. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. He shed His blood for me. And that blood is cleansing me from every sin. I repent of my past. I have a change of heart, a change of mind, and a change of direction. I believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. 
And I believe He's coming back again for me. I boldly confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. I'm never going to be the same. I will serve you, Jesus, all the days of my life. I'm looking and living for your return. Thank you for giving me this fresh start. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Come on, I want you to praise Him right now. If you're standing behind somebody, I want you to pray for them right now. I want to pray with these that are here. Come on, I want you to touch them right now and believe God with them right here. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. For the Spirit of the Lord brings liberty now in the name of Jesus. Perfect love casts out all fear. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Receive in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray there be an impartation of the Holy Ghost, Lord, strong in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would turn him in to another man today by the Spirit of the living God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Come on, God's doing it right now. That's him right there. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we loose the power of God. Hallelujah, that attack that you've had, the devil's tried to torment your mind, but we bring every thought into captivity now. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The Lord is painting your mind with the precious blood of Calvary. Receive that right there, come on. You're not gonna think the same. You're not thinking the same. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Depression is broke off in the name of the Lord. Devil, you're a liar in the name of Jesus. Loose her. Come on, I want some of you to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody stretch out your hand toward these that are here in the altar. Just one second. Come on, everybody pray. We pray, Lord, the power of God flow right now. Come on, God wants to bless you today. In the name of Jesus, you took the first step, but I'm telling you, God's running. He's running. He's hugging you right now. Receive it in the name of Jesus. He's loving on you right now in the name of the Lord. We thank you for the Spirit of the Lord brings liberty. There is no bondage here in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of the Lord brings liberty. Come on, that's God moving right there in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. Come on, that's God touching you. Hallelujah. Oh, fresh, fresh, fresh wind, fresh wind, fresh fire. Hallelujah. Fresh oil. Hallelujah. Come on, that's what you're seeing happen right now. Fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh oil in the name of Jesus. It's a renewing, it's a renewing, it's a refreshing in the name of the Lord. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Today the frustration ends in the name of the Lord. Come on, God's making a way right there in the name of Jesus. Lord's touching you today in the name of Jesus. Oh, perfect love cast out all fear. I see the Lord giving you a boldness. I see the Lord putting on you a strength that you've not had in the past. You're not leaving here like you've come, but you're walking with authority. You're walking with power. You can tread upon serpents and scorpions and nothing by any means shall hurt you. It is the Spirit of God that is upon you now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. in the name of the Lord thank you Lord for the spirit of the Lord Jesus Lord I thank you for my friend today long long time no see in the name of Jesus Lord a great blessing let the spirit of the Lord bring liberty now in the name of Jesus come on everybody lift up your hands in this place do one more thing with me pray with your neighbor right now Touch somebody near you. Everybody touch somebody on the shoulder, 
all across the congregation. Touch somebody. I want you to pray for their family, their friends, that they'll be ready for the coming Lord. I want you to pray that they'll be ready. Come on, Lord, use them in the mighty way. Lord, that their family would be saved. Lord, that they'll be in the ark of safety. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that our family would be ready for the coming Lord. Our friends, Lord, use us to be a light that shines in darkness. Hallelujah. Lord, you said that we are to occupy till you come. Lord, we're not looking to just do nothing and sit on our hands. But, Lord, use us in a mighty way. Lord, send us forth into this world to preach the gospel give us open doors Lord that everyone here Lord that they will have uh, opportunity to speak to some of their family this week and speak the words of life to them Lord let us be people that invite people into the house of God that they might hear the preacher so they can hear the word of God so they can come to Christ Lord we believe Lord that this is a great week of breakthrough in the name of Jesus Come on, everybody, lift up your hands in this place. Lord, we thank you for the Spirit of the Lord brings liberty. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, praise Him. Somebody glorify His name. Lord, we thank you for the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, everybody, look at me here today. All week's going to be a lot different, but I'm going to tell you, I just want you to be ready. You need to be ready. Pastor, will you come on up here? Hallelujah. Be ready. Live ready. Look for his return with expectation. Praise the Lord. Come on, can the church say amen this morning? Hey, guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast, and I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, He is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin, and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracles, signs, and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.